Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. There are so many things as humans that we don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. I'm your host, Steffi, aka The Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher, and I'm here to take you on an exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the Psychic Scoop. Hi, little lovies. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Psychic Scoop. I am your host, Steffi the Psychic, also known as Spirit Sis. Well, first of all, it's my honor, truly, to have this special guest on. She is a very talented singer-songwriter. She knows everything about creativity. She's an award-winning podcast gal, (laughs) podcaster, female podcaster. And she is also my very best friend and potentially cousin. So (laughs) welcome to the podcast, my favorite girl boss, Lauren Lolo Lagrasso. I love you, Steffi. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So for listeners, we just finished part one of this convo on Lauren's podcast called Unleash Your Inner Creative the award-winning podcast, I must say. You were just nominated for a People's Choice Award. Yes, thank you. And you were the one that made me realize that I was in the running for Of course. I was like, Lauren, well, the one was so funny. One of the biggest podcasts I listened to, which is huge, was like, oh, go nominate us. And then I looked and you're like the top one. And I freaked out. I ran around my room screaming and texted you. You're like, what? Oh, okay. I'll look into it. I was like, girl. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was up there. So Steffi helped me realize that I was nominated to be nominated. And then all of my friends and listeners went and voted. And yeah, it's nominated nominated for a top show in art. So it only like certain people are nominated to be the final voter. So if you're one of those, please vote for Unleash Your Inner Creative and definitely listen to part one of our conversation because we went deep into creativity, sacred friendship, all kinds of stuff with astrology, human design, all the stuff you little cutie pies love. Yes. We talked about actually everything, but we could probably go part two, three, and four because we're best friends and we love to chat. Just to reiterate, I know we already talked about it a little bit on part one, but will you say your top three? Yes, I'd love to. So I'm a, a sun sign is Aquarius, a cancer rising and a Sagittarius moon. And I talked about on part one, why I love that combo so much. And then what's your human design? I'm a projector, a splenic projector. Yeah, Wait, are. is that right? Is that the right way to say it? I'm an energy <laughs> projector with a splenic authority. Ooh, yes, girl, you are. And also we are both the same profile type. We're both one threes. Yes. Invest- investigative martyrs. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? The martyr thing is so silly. Um, well, one is our like conscious personality. We investigate and research things, which we both do. That's true. And the three line we have is basically um, we like to try things, trial and error, and we mess up a lot and we just keep going until we get it right. 
Yeah, it's that's really rough, and it's very it's much really true. Rough. I know any three line or six line, it's just like rough, rough, rough. But now I'm like, okay, well, here we go. One time, my mentor said to me, and I think that this is the smartest thing, and maybe this is resonates as a three uh, a three line. He goes, "That's a great thing about Italians. We're too stupid to quit." And I really that really resonates with me. It's just like get punched down, fall on the floor, get right back up, and try it again. <laughs> I feel that way all the time, except with Ikea furniture, I just give up. I'm like, I'm done. Oh yeah. Furniture, forget it. Like actually the desk we're at right now, I sat at with my ex-boyfriend for like two hours. We tried to put it together. Actually, ironically, that's not what broke us up, but it was shortly after. So it might've been the instigating moment. (laughs) But we don't really know for sure when it all went down. We can't know what was the true breaking point. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I know we you've already talked about it on the, your podcast, but I want to share with listeners your guttural reaction to when I told you you were a projector years ago. Well, Steffi, I really have to apologize for this. I don't know that I've apologized to you enough. Well, it's public now, so let's get on the record. It's very public. So I'd like to go on the record saying I am so, so sorry for the way I reacted. I think it may have been the only time I've like yelled at you in our whole relationship. I was so pissed off when you told me I was a projector. So mad. It's so funny because like I've listened to your friends, Dana and Shayna's podcast, and I've specifically listened to the episode about projectors. And they're like, when we found out, we were so excited because it finally made everything make sense. I was like, I think my exact quote was, this is bullshit. Yeah, I was something angry. It made me angry. And I'll tell you why, because my whole life I've pushed and I've pushed and I've pushed. And I, at that time I was working between 12 and 18 hours a day. So I was working really hard, which they say is like the exact opposite of what a projector is supposed to do. And I felt like the only power I had in my life was in how hard and how much I was able to work and how much of a go-getter I could be by going out and attacking life. And so what I heard you say to me is you have literally no power. Mm. What I didn't hear, and I'm still sometimes having a hard time hearing, but I know it's true. It's just a little hard for me to hear sometimes still is that if I'm living in integrity and in alignment with myself and not betraying myself, I don't have to do shit. No, it's true. So that's a pretty great scam if you ask me. But the problem is you have to have patience and you have to trust not only life, but yourself. And so that's the thing that I'm I'm working on. But the part that I love about it is that if you just turn the mirror on yourself and recognize yourself, that other people automatically start to recognize you. I think I've sought validation so much in outside sources. And now like really in the past three, four months, since I've really been internalizing that message of it's about accepting and acknowledging yourself. If you build it, they will come. That's when the projector thing has really started resonating. So definitely apologize for the way I reacted. (laughs) Wow. Well, that was a really good message though, for listeners who are projectors who had that same journey. Cause I know some projectors that have felt the same. And it's funny because when that happened to that moment, my head went to, oh man, she's in her not self theme, which is legitimately bitterness. Bitterness. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're going to have to work through this. But anyway, I, I think that's a funny moment we share because you know now you're really, really accepting it and working less, which I've always promoted for you. <laughs> so anyway, Lauren and I met in college. Yes. Long ages ago, it seems. When we were just fetuses. <laughs> and I've seen you just accomplish so many incredible things. I'm proud mom, proud friend, and singer-songwriter. You have now five singles out. Yeah. A lot of little song babies running around. I love this story about how you wanted to learn guitar. And then basically I think spirit led you to something. So would you mind sharing that story? Cause I love it. I'd be honored to. 
So I think that this is also a message in timing is divine because there were so many times I tried to learn guitar. I got my first guitar when I was 13 or 14. I literally went to strum it once and every single string on the guitar broke. Whoa. Every single string. So I didn't really try it again until I was 19. And at that point, I asked for a guitar for my birthday and I got one for my parents. It was a beautiful guitar. And I started trying to take lessons from my friend Conrad, who was in the dorms at Michigan State. And no matter what he taught me, like the chord shapes just didn't make sense. Like I couldn't press down every time I strummed, it was muted. It wasn't making a beautiful strumming sound like really skilled guitarists make. And I just couldn't do it. Like it just never resonated with me. But the weird thing was the whole time at Michigan State, I carried the guitar with me every single place I went. So I brought it with me to each different apartment. And at the end of my senior year, so this was back in spring 2011, I started getting these little messages like, I think I should play the guitar. And I'm like, ah, nah, I'll just leave it in the closet. (laughs) Then all of a sudden one day it it had transitioned into summer. I was staying up at Michigan State, finishing up my degrees. And I looked over and to the side of my bed, there were two picks sitting on the floor. I have no idea where they came from. I did not own picks. No one had been in my room who had picks. My roommates were not musicians. This didn't make any sense. A few weeks later, I got the urge to try to play the guitar and suddenly it clicked. I don't know why. The only thing I can think is that spirit literally delivered those picks to my room to give me a knock on the head and be like, baby, it's time. And I learned Eleanor Rigby. That was the first song I ever learned. It's only two chords. So then I realized if the best band of all time could make a song out of two chords, maybe I could too. And that kind of ignited the spark to become a songwriter. So, and when I do trace the lines in my life, I was writing music my whole life. I just didn't call it that because I didn't know I was a songwriter and I didn't know you could do that. But the guitar thing was like the clearest answer. And then when I moved to LA, I started writing songs in my sleep. So like as I would fall asleep in that state between when you're awake and asleep, and that's a great Mm -hmm. time to cultivate your creative energy. I started getting songs and then I paired it with the guitar that I'd been learning. And so it all just came together in divine timing. And that didn't happen until I was like 22 was the guitar and 23 was when I wrote my first song. So I know that's not that old, but a lot of people tell you you're like already over the hill at that point. But (laughs) I think a lot of people think that if they don't start something in childhood, it's like too late for them. But these messages and and these um, intuitive hits can come at any moment and these huge signs can come at any moment. And that was definitely probably the biggest one I've ever gotten in my life. And meant to be, like you said, divine timing, spirit intervention. And where do you think creativity really, truly comes from? Like, do you have an inkling or where does it, where do you think? Uh, God, for sure. Yes. Okay, good. And I don't think of God as an old white man in the sky. I have to just say it like to me, God is non-binary, all loving energy that, you know, it runs through all of us. It's in you, it's in me, it's in the plant. And we return to it when we leave here and recharge and come back. Or maybe if we're really ascended, we get to stay up there and do little spooky things. Beautiful. spooky things. I completely agree. I've always felt that creativity was divine and from a source greater than myself. Mm -hmm. And whenever I've gotten like a little depressed or down on myself or anything going on in my life, I always link it back to I'm not being creative. And then once I'm creative, the intuition just flows in. Yeah, exactly. Because I, you know, I had Julia Cameron, who's the author of The Artist's Way on my show. And I said, do you think that creativity and spirituality are intrinsically linked. And she said, yes, you can't have one without the other. And I think that's because 
literal creation is creative, right? <laughs> like the earth is creative. Like the galaxy is creative. Everything to me, creativity is defined as creating something from nothing, you know, or expanding on something that was once not there, you know, finding a different way to make it work. So life is literally creative. God is creative. You are creative. And if you're out of touch with any of those things, if you're out of touch with yourself, if you're out of touch with spirit, you're not going to feel like I always say repressed creativity is the cause of so much of the world's suffering. But I think it's because you're detaching from spirit when you're creatively repressed. Mm, yes. And that's why I just really admire your mission to help people with their creativity. And when you started your podcast, is it now like two years old, three years old? It's two and a half years old. Happy birthday, Pa. Terrible twos. <laughs> the, the terrible twos. We should do a birth chart for your podcast. Aww. And that was just a sidebar. I'd love that. Your podcast of helping other people achieve your creativity and through these like beautiful interviews you conduct and even your solo episodes are so like beautifully channeled in a way. So I just wanted to thank you for seeing the world needed it and then providing that through your spleen. <laughs> well, thank you for seeing me and seeing that. Of course. I really, truly love your songs. And I'm not just saying that because I'm your biggest fan. When I heard you play for, I mean, like you send me songs all the time, but when I saw you on stage for the first time, I was just, tears were streaming down my face. I couldn't stop crying for like an hour or two afterwards because when you get up there, your soul is on fire and it's just like, this is what she's meant to do. So your songs have so many beautiful like themes of your life and where you've come from. Where do you get, like, where's that little ball, that spark of energy? Like, when do you start writing a song? What's your process like? Like, w tell us how that all goes down. So it's so different every time. I will say like my most favorite songs have almost always come in motion. So whether I'm on a walk, I'm driving, Road to Glory was written in an airplane. That's the first single I ever put out. Most of it was written in an airplane. The bridge was written in a car in Detroit. Like a bomb started when I was just walking down the street. So a lot of it comes in motion. A lot of it does come in like that sleep state. Sometimes I literally get songs in my dreams and I'll sing them into my phone. Sometimes they're so stupid, but sometimes they give me really, really good ideas. And in the shower is also a great place to cultivate creative energy. I think anytime when you're doing something kind of mundane, it gives, like we talked about on my podcast with podcast. I'm a Maya podcast. <laughs> I got real Italian for a second, but I think anytime you're doing something mundane, it gives, um, your, it, it kind of like opens the channel and gives spirit an opportunity to come through and speak through you. So I think that's where it usually starts once in a while. I'll go to the piano and just write out a tune. My song therapy, literally I was having a fight with my ex-boyfriend and I said, do you have any idea the amount of therapy I'm going to need after you? I came home, sat at the piano and just started singing around that line in my head. Anyway, I think it can, it can come from different places, but I think find your thing that kind of opens up that channel, whether that's a walk, a shower, um, just sitting on the couch and kind of being with your own thoughts. And then you'll start to find those ideas coming through. The other thing is the morning pages. That is a huge, huge opener. Yes. And do you do those too, Steph? Yes, 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 yes. For many years. So anyway, whenever I'm doing those, it's like, I can't stop it if I tried. And morning pages, it's Julia Cameron, who I referenced earlier. We know her as a godmother of creativity because she was really talking about this stuff in the early nineties before anyone was. And she created this method called the morning pages where you just write down three pages, whatever comes to your mind. It could literally be, I'm so tired right now. I don't want to do this. It could be a poem. It could be anything. But the point is you get out whatever clutters in your mind at the beginning of the day so that as the day goes on, you have space to come up with these amazing creative ideas. 
And that is a huge thing. Meditating in the morning is a huge thing. I think anything where you're creating space and creating a foundation for yourself so that these ideas can come through and so that you um, are open and really like cultivating a sense of peace so that you can have these openings and um, thoughts coming through. Mm, yeah, you gave so many good little tidbits there about how you'd like develop the song, which is so cool. Do you, this is just a logistics question because I'm curious. Yeah. Do you think of the melody and then the, the words or how do you? Is it together? Usually it's words and melody at the same time. Cool. For like a bomb. I mean, actually, I, I did a whole episode on that. It's really interesting. So I go from like the first voice note until the final recording and I show you step by step. Some of it was really messy. I think I called it like the art of the messy creative process or something like that because I want to show people it doesn't sound good. Yes. Like I think that's the biggest mistake we make when we're doing creativity. We think it has to sound good or, or look good or be beautiful or presentable the minute we have it done. No, you just need to get something down. You just have to get the idea down and then you can craft it after that. But the, when I first started singing like a bomb, I was like, you're like a bum. So I got that right from the beginning. I got, you're like a bomb, but I filled in the blanks with a lot of other things. I had to find the chords after that. So that's typically how it works. Like I'll get the idea for a melody, um, like on a walk or while I'm driving. And then I take it to the guitar, the piano, but actually a lot lately. And as I get more into playing guitar and becoming a stronger guitar player, I'm doing both at the same time. So I do the words, the melody and the chords all at the same time. Wow. Multifaceted. That's a crazy- so it just depends. It's different. I know people are like, what's your process? I'm like, every time's different. It's just, yeah, whatever I'm feeling. You're really listening to your intuition. Yeah. I think one thing I want to really ride home is you said, just get it down. Yes. Because I wanted to ask you like what happens when it strikes? Like, do you instantly write it down and you just answer that? Because I think you're right, the perfectionist thing that we do. And when I'm screenwriting the same thing, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to do so many drafts. And it's like, just get the dialogue down and then we can flesh out the characters and then we can work on, you know, the climax and all, all the things, you know, where this all falls in. So it's very similar to how you write a song, right? It's like, okay, the melody, the bridge, then you add in like the background, you have like beautiful background singers and you're producing and you're mixing. Like, it's just so cool that that's, that's a very elongated process, but you have to just do it, right? You have to do it. And then you can craft it later. But I think the hardest thing, like, that's what I always say to people, even about LA, I'm like, just get here. The hardest thing is to move here. You'll figure it out after I say, get here, think, like move here and don't think about mm-hmm. it. If I had thought about moving to LA, I never would have come here. Yeah. It's horrifying to think about moving all the way across the country to such a scary, weird place. So yeah, it's so scary and weird. And I love it here now, but it was tough at first. But if I had thought about how tough it would be, I never would have done it. So I think that the same thing is true with the creative process. Get something on the page, deal with it later. The hardest part is not just starting, but getting through the messy middle. Mm. The messy middle is the part where most people turn around. It's really fun to start just like a relationship, right? It's so much fun to start. It's really sexy and fun in the beginning of a relationship. And you're like, just so into each other and you just want to be together all the time. And then the honeymoon phase gets over and like little things they do start annoying you. And you really have to find that deep love and that deep desire to be in relationship, to keep going with that person, to make it through to that transcendent period where you're like life partners and, you know, enriching each other's lives and really like solid energy for each other that you just can't picture being without that you're strong separately, but together you're even more powerful. I think of the same thing with creativity. It's really fun and really sexy in the beginning. 
almost always, they call it the second verse curse, almost always on the second verse of the song. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I give up. It's not fun anymore. Cause I kind of felt like I said everything I needed to say in the first verse, but that's not true. There's always something more to say. So you push through the second verse, you go to the bridge so that at the end you have this beautiful package wrapped up and then you go in and continue to craft and like, you know, do little triage on it. But you got to get through that messy middle part because that's a, that's the part that inhibits most people. I needed to hear that right now, right in this moment. And I guarantee other listeners do too. It's like, just get through it. Yeah. I have a problem with starting and then not finishing. I'm also a manifesting generator. So it kind of goes with the flow. But yeah, I think that's really, gosh, such good advice is just getting through it. And then you're going to edit it and more hits are going to come. And then, you know, collaborators will come in. And I think that's all like you have to follow and trust the every Everything's happening the exact way it should. Yeah. And I think, Steph, what you said about collaborators, that's so important. Like, you know, every time I'm going to make an album art cover, an album cover, I send you the pictures. I'm like, which one do you think? You know, every time you have a draft through your script, you send it to me and like ask for notes. You have to find people in your circle who are also fellow creatives who you trust and also you respect their taste. That's a big thing because if someone has different tastes than you and they give you advice, you're going to potentially make something that's out of alignment with who you are. So I like to like cultivate a small group. It's like you, my friend, Liz, um, you know, sometimes, oh, Johnny, my, one of my other best friends. So like, I send it to the small group of people whose taste and who really know me, um, who like all of that aligns. And then I get feedback from them and it takes it even to the next level. So I think having that creative community of safety, these people have to be safe. They have to have your best interests at heart and they have to have like a similar end goal for you. And if you can find that small community, that also really helps with knowing all you have to do is push through because you've got that community of brilliant minds and hearts to fall back on when you're going through the crafting part of like figuring out like how to take it from draft to finished product. Right. It's so true. It's like the heartbeat and the pulse that keeps going, having those people that enrich it. And when we collaborated, one of our first collab, well, besides like Rocky Horror Show and when we did our musical, but you wrote an original song for my short film and it is so brilliant. And tell us about how you wrote the song because I love it. So, okay. First of all, let me just say like, it was always my dream to have one of my songs in a movie or TV production. And Steffi heard my music and was like, you are writing the title song for this show I or for this movie. I want you to do it. And so she made one of my dreams come true without like, I mean, not obviously you're a psychic, so you knew I could do it, but like, you didn't really know, you know, like I could have come up with anything. And so I just am so grateful for that because you pushed me to realize I could be more than I currently was accepting in my life at that point. You also paid me when you really didn't have to, like, I would have totally done it for free, but like, you're just such a person of integrity and always wanting to compensate people for their time. And I think that's an amazing thing. So I just wanted, I want to reflect that to you. You got to always pay your friends for their talents and gifts. Yeah. Yeah. It's an important thing. And honestly, you really taught me that because I did, and I still do a lot for free, but it's like, I only do it if I really want to, like, if I don't want to do something for free anymore, I don't accept that. And you kind of taught me that, like I was accepting a lot of, yeah, sure. I'll do that or whatever. But now, especially with like people on the outskirts, especially if they're coming to me for podcast advice, I'm like, that'll be, and then I say my fee. (laughs) (laughs) Good. But anyway, so yes. So for that, 
what I did was take your brilliant script and Liz, my friend who co-wrote the song with me and produced it and whistled on it. It's so great. We went through the script and we circled all these different words that we found super evocative. So there was secret. I think there was tied up. There was, oh, like the hours, you know, so we took all these different words that we thought were super evocative. And then she had this old piano at a time at the time that had this like, kind of like creaky, weird E uh, what do you call it? I just like the, like the, the note was E that I kept playing E over and over again on the piano that like went right over my head. Okay. Got it. The key. I went, I forgot. I was going to play, say the piano chord, but the key. And so I went and played it and I went, so we wrote the whole song over that one key and then obviously added more chords into it. But yeah, we just kind of let the script guide us. That's one of the fastest songwriting sessions we ever had. I think from start to finish, it was like maybe an hour, an hour and a half. After that, we just like ordered salads. Hard day work. Could you end with a salad? But yeah, it was super simple. We just really like took those inspiration words and it flowed. That was a true day of flow. Taking the words from your script along with that E key that we were singing over um, and like then putting it on the guitar, it just flew out of us. And that was one of the most intentional songwriting experiences I had. And honestly, it's giving me an idea now that like, maybe I should do something like that again. Like maybe I should go into a book and just circle a bunch of words. And I do think exercises like that, especially if you're blocked, can be really helpful because maybe you're not feeling inspired by your own life. Maybe you're depressed, like beginning of the pandemic. I was super anxious and depressed. So I would give my podcast listeners a word to create something off of. And sometimes I think like having a container to create in actually expands you. So I may try that again. Thank you for inspiring me. (laughs) Yeah, I think prompts are really really good for that. My therapist has even given me a few prompts when I've had like writer's block and stuff like that. And one of the prompts she gave me the other day was she said, look around your room and whatever object, what would they say about you in the, like from their point of view, like talk from the plant's point of view. I haven't written it yet. So, but still I was like, that's really cool. Oh my gosh, your crystal. If my crystals could talk, (laughs) they would have lots to say. They'd be like, bitch, stop crying. Like, come on. Me up. You can do it. Well, that actually already answered one of my listener questions. They talked about how to reignite creativity when you're feeling uninspired. And so you answered a ton, but is there anything else that you would recommend? I think looking to what you love when you were a little kid and and finding some way to play without any sort of expectation on it. So if you love to color, and you and I have done this before, we've literally gotten coloring books and just colored. I think we colored in a Barbie coloring book one day. You know, if you loved playing with Beanie Babies, like when I was little, I loved making up plays with Beanie Babies. Like I would literally like pull them all up and like make them talk to each other. I think that I should do that sometime. I think that would be really fun and a way to reignite the inner child. If you love dancing, you know, and like I'm talking about like love dancing before like you got it beaten out of you by like them telling you you didn't point your toe enough getting back to that little little kid who just did it because they love to do it and just freestyle dancing in the middle of your living room with no one watching and just moving whatever way your body feels good that can be really helpful but I think and, and you know this is also a thing that Julia Cameron recommends um, this is a little different than that but she says go on an artist date so that means going anywhere that might inspire you maybe you go to a sticker store or you go to a toy store or you go ice skating but you do something all by yourself that helps you kind of connect with that little one within you 
or to wonder and joy. So I think any of those things can be really helpful. I think doing things without expectation in general, like anything joyful or fun without expectation is just really helpful because I don't know about you, but most of the time I'm blocked or uninspired. It's because I'm living out of alignment with myself or I'm in some sort of depression or funk. So I think whatever you can do to kind of get back to that little one and like, and, and get back to your deep inner self and, and just get back to joy that can help inspire something. Oh, I I feel that in my bones. And just listening to that just reminds me of how I need to get there now and how I've neglected it. Little stuff. Um, and even something piggybacking off of what you said about moving your body. I've noticed even before this call, like I was in client calls all day. I was kind of like going through the motions, which we talked about on part yes. one <laughs> about being the feminine and masculine, you know, like what, what the collective message was. But I started shaking my body. And a lot of times, like just moving these limbs, like, okay, I forgot. I have this like body that I'm in, right? It just really realigns your energy. And I almost felt like I'd had a, like a cup of coffee and it just really brought me back to center. Yeah. So if you're feeling like, out, you know, if you're sitting at a desk and you're trying to write a song or if I'm trying to write a screenplay or whatever, just get up out of your chair and move. And even if it's taking a walk, but I also think literally put on a favorite song and just shake it out. Yeah. Truly. It's like, stomp your feet, clap your hands, put them over your head, take your top off. I mean, whatever, whatever. And honestly, shake your hips. Like that's a huge one. So my therapist is a licensed psychotherapist, but she also does something called core energetics, which helps you get the trauma that's stored in your body out. And one thing she has me do a lot is like swirl my hips around and shake them side to side because we store a lot of anger, resentment in our hips. And also, um, like any sort of repression is like in our uh, sacral area, actually. Like, so that's where the, and I'm sure you, you've talked about this stuff, but like the sexuality, passion, life force, energy, and creativity are all linked up there. So like, if you're extremely sexually repressed or feeling any sort of um, way in that area, that can also be something that's repressing your creativity and repressing your passion, re repressing your life force energy. If any of these things are out of whack, it chances are the other one is too, where it's getting repressed or held back some way. So it's like sometimes just like getting in touch with that area of your body, with your sacred sexuality and, and sensuality can really help kind of like bring you back into a space where you can be creative and in a receptive mode. Totally. And I even talked about my intuition of course, how sometimes if you're like shrugging your shoulders and you're not open, your heart isn't open and it's almost like closing off messages. Oh, I like that. So let it out. I think I hunch a lot. I do too. And I think that's just like, what is it called? Tech neck, but whatever. You know what? I think we're, we're learning and living yes, we are. <laughs> and we're going to get out and shake it out after this call. Um, you you dropped so many hot tips. I I wish I was taking notes. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this podcast and like literally write down everything you said. I have one last listener, a question, if you don't mind. Oh, I'd love it. And it was from Kristen. And she says, like, what about creativity if you don't feel artistic in quotes? So I'm going to share something with you. And I don't have the exact study, but I can tell you that this definitely uh, was a study that happened and it's something to, to remember, like when you're wondering, oh, am I actually creative? When we're kids, everyone's creative. And then we learn there's a consequence to being wrong. And so there's a study that took these, this group of kids, they gave them like a generic questionnaire when they were in kindergarten. And it's just like a way of scoring whether or not someone's creative. I think it was 98% of them scored highly creative. They took that same group of kids. So it was a longitudinal study. Five years later, 
the results were exactly opposite. 2% highly creative, 98% not creative. And the reason for it is because we learn there's a consequence to being wrong. We learn there's a consequence to failure and we get less apt to share whatever our natural inclination is. So that's why it's so important to get back to like that really little inner child because they knew who they were. They knew how to access the creativity, but um, we have this thing in us called negativity bias. And that's kind of our, our inclination to say no, the minute we hear a new idea, whether it's in ourselves or in somebody else. Basically, the first thing you want to do when you hear somebody, when you hear somebody else or you say no to an idea is say instead, okay, if you're feeling like you want to say no, instead say what's good about the idea. So say all the things that are good about it. Then you say what we can improve upon in the idea. So the things that you see maybe are an issue, but like how you could actually improve upon it and like make it work. And then the third thing is how you're physically going to make the idea work. Yeah, essentially, like, because I think when you hear creativity, like, at least for me, like, it was like, oh, I don't play guitar. I don't, you know, play piano. And I think creativity is mostly linked with like a talent or a skill. Yeah. So I think that's why she's asking and artistic. I mean, like creativity is painting or sculpting or pottery, you know, it's, it's everywhere. It's like, it's problem solving. It's so you're, you're inherently creative. That's what I was trying to get out with that story. If you're having an issue with like saying no to your ideas or like no to any creative inclination you have, that sort of method can be helpful. And if you're wondering whether or not you're creative, creative, because you're not artistic. Yes. The answer is yes, because human beings are innately creative. It's our birthright. And you need to redefine creativity is anytime you problem solve or see something that wasn't there before, or, um, you know, create a, like a new little game to play with your kids or discover a new recipe and put your own spin on it. All of that is creativity. And I think it's the part of the reason why I wanted to start unleash your inner creative is because I do believe repressed creativity is the cause of the world world suffer a lot of the world suffering. But I also believe that putting creativity up in a tower and making it exclusive to artists is deeply unfair. I believe it's our birthright. And I believe that every person should be able to access it because it is spirit to your point. Like the way we started this conversation is the way we'll end it. Like creativity, God, spirituality, connection to self, they are deeply intertwined. They can't be severed. And I think the way you can know you're creative is because you're alive. Oh, so good. Everyone got full body chills, including me. You gave so many tangible tips and then you have so many episodes on your podcast too if people want to go and get really good nuggets because you cover so many, so many amazing topics. And I want to kind of plug a little something, something because oh. little birdie told me you got a new single coming out and yes. a little birdie because I looked at all the photo shoot photos and I cannot <laughs> yes. wait for people to see this. So will you, will you share what's going on? Yes. I have a new song called pretty little boy that's coming out on October 4th. It's about my foray into the dating world. And it's about F boys. It's coming out on national F boy day, but I do think it's from an evolved perspective because it's really about, you know, these guys are acting this way toward women or other guys or non-binary people because they haven't dealt with their own emotions and like kind of the baggage that we put on men where we don't allow them to open up. And so like, if we could have this like different thing in life, if we could allow men to access their divine feminine as well as their masculine, then we could have a totally different perspective. So it's a very tongue in cheek, you know, kind of song about that, but also dealing with these deep topics. And 
It's definitely one of my favorite ones I've ever done. I think it's anyone who's been in the dating scene, it's relatable. So, so uh, relatable. Yeah. Pretty little boy with your big, big toy. Yes. And you just went down to Nashville to record it. I haven't looked at your lines in Nashville, but I'm sure it's fantastic. And and people can find it and pre-download it right on iTunes or how does that work? Yeah. So I'm going to be, this comes out next Wednesday. So I'm going to be uploading it on Monday. So hopefully it will be like available for pre-save, which honestly, first of all, let me just tell you, if you um, are a fan of music and you like indie artists, that helps so much because it really, it encourages Spotify to put it on playlists. It brings visibility. It helps everything. So please definitely do that. I'll have it at the link in my bio. Um, and yeah, you, if you pre-save it, then you can get it in your music library as soon as it drops on October 4th. So, and then it will be wherever good music is found. Yes. That's so cool. I mean, even when I'm like in the shower and one of your songs play, I freak out like a little fan moment. It's so cool. And then of course, like, because we're so connected, you'll text me like as the song is going on and I'll like get out of the shower and I'll be like, Lauren, do you know I'm playing your song right now? <laughs> um, so go listen to all of five of her amazing songs. Oh, so many goodies and her beautiful music video. You might see a cameo from me. I have a blue hand in there. Yes. She's the main blue hand in my music video for Road to Glory. Check it out. See if you recognize her. Famous hands. I um, think I titled and- her hand actor. Oh my gosh. I'm so honored. And then listen to part one of this glorious podcast uh, on Unleash Your Inner Creative. And then Lauren, where else can people connect with you? I'm everywhere at Lauren LaGrasso. And um, I think that's mostly it. I mean, the other thing I'm really pushing people toward right now is if you're making reels, please use my music and other indie artist music. But I don't know if you know this, but every time a reel plays, an indie artist or whoever the artist is makes money because they have agreements with all these different distributors. So every time a real plays, like let's say your reel gets 40,000 downloads or views, I'm seeing a percentage of all of that. And not only that, the more important thing to me is it's bringing visibility to the song. So if you're making reels or TikToks, please consider using my music. I have really evocative songs that could be great with some pointing or dancing. (laughs) Yes, 100%. They're such good little bangers. Um, Okay, great. Well, that's a creative prompt for everyone to do a reel with Lawrence. I mean, I will definitely take that challenge. And you guys know I'm really into the reels lately. So, and that's been really creative. So good at that. Good outlet for me. So, anyway, thank you so much. I mean, I could talk to you forever, not just because you're my best friend, but you have so much to teach everybody and especially me. Um, But I love you dearly and I appreciate your time. And everyone go listen to this beautiful, amazing artist and go support her. Thank you, Steph. I love you so much. And yeah, definitely check out the first half of this chat on Unleash. And thank you for all you do. I'm so proud of you with this pod. It's something I asked you to do for a long time. And I was like, yes. Yes. I forgot to give props. Lauren is the exact reason I have this podcast and that you're listening. And she is a projector and she knew exactly what I needed to do. And now you're here listening. So (laughs) you did it. I just said, you really, she, what did, what was it? The thing you gave me the reading for my birthday. Solar return. I gave you a solar return. I was like, can I just tell you really, really quickly? This is a great podcast that you sent me and you need to do one for your own. <laughs> Cause the solar return she did for me was basically a podcast. And I was like, you need to make your own podcast. Cause this is amazing. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. This is why I love the projectors in my life. They just see me and know what's right for me when even I don't. So Thanks again for um, promoting 
me doing a pod because this is why we're here. I'm so proud so, of you. Anyway, okay, everybody, until next time, sending you energetic hugs and get that support from your sacred sisters or friends, lovers. Go be creative. Use any of those tools that Lauren gave you. They're so fantastic. And we'll see you next time. Love you. Bye-bye. And if you want to connect with me, you can go to my website, spiritsis.com or head over to Instagram. Say hello. I'm at spirit underscore sis.